Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Welcome to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody-Mills. And we live in a country where the president has been impeached. Happy impeachment. Happy impeachment to you. Does it matter? Do you feel any different? I don't feel different. It's kind of like after I got married and people were like, do you feel different? No, I don't. I would have felt different, maybe. <laughs> I was, I've been with her for years. I've been with him for years. It feels the same. No, it should not feel the same. And I hope your wife does not listen to this podcast. <laughs> no, I love her just <laughs> as no much now that we've gotten married than I did before. I oh, mean, good. does, does good your wedding up. day make you good feel more love for your partner? Yeah, it does. Well, after the wedding day. Not on, on the wedding day, you yeah, feel... Because it's a Official. I'm gay, so I actually had to fight for my marriage. Of course. Story. So it does feel different, but I have an interracial relationship. Oh, God, we had to here fight. we go. Look, I'm not doing oppressive <laughs> politics with you today. <laughs> the oppressive Olympics. But I feel like I would feel empowered. I am proud of Democrats. I will say that. That's what makes me feel different. I am prouder of Democrats now than I was seven months ago. But do I feel different as if the country is more woke, as if people are, you know, tuned in more, as if we're on the precipice of mass civil disobedience in order to get him removed? No, 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 no. I think Democrats did the right thing in terms of overseeing governance Mm -hmm. consequences for illegal, impeachable behavior. Yes. But it does feel like theater in that Republicans have refused to go along in the House and the Senate is already showing us we're not going to take this seriously. We'll bring it up, but we are going to be lockstep with the White House. I think that's crazy. What is so I really do. You know, uh, Michelle Goldberg, New York Times columnist, wrote her piece, Democracy Grief. And it really was expressive on how so many different people feel. I think one of the people that she interviewed said in there that going through this process right now of watching our democracy die is like putting arsenic in the salt shaker and just casually starting to put it on your food. It's like you're literally killing yourself, but softly, bit by bit, like Lauren Hill tried to sing to us, right? So that's how I feel right now. Everything that the Republicans have signaled, have said, I mean, you had Neil Gorsuch of the Supreme Court go on Fox and Friends. Um, You've had so much. You've had William Barr tell us that You know, he's not going to protect us with police if we don't respect the police. Every signal 
this Republican Party has given a wink and a nod to this president that they are going to do everything and anything within and outside of their power to ensure that this lawless criminal mobster piece of trash stays in office because it's their only way to hold on to power. So they could care less about our Constitution, about our democracy. None of that matters. It matters that they hold on to power. And to me, that is the biggest sense of grief that I am working through. That does any of it matter? Do I feel any different? I'm proud of Democrats. But apparently we're going to need to do a lot more in order for this to end. Yeah, we have one party that is just not participating in democracy, in good governance, in good faith. And that's not just in the D.C. level. That is also at the state level. That is also at the voter level that Republicans, especially in the media level, in terms of the Fox News, the Rush Limbaugh's, etc. And, you know, when we talk about a bubble, one thing that is not brought up, because I ran into a friend of mine from MSNBC mm-hmm. at uh, this really swanky party the other day. And uh... <laughs> <laughs> what? What's that humble brag? Hey, it's not my apartment. Um, <clears throat> it was an insane apartment, but it was not mine. That MSNBC has been thrashing CNN the last uh, couple of years. Mm-hmm. And that is mm-hmm. one of the most underreported stories in media. When I was at MSNBC, if we beat CNN for mm-hmm. one hour, we threw a party. Yeah. Now MSNBC beats CNN on the regular. Yeah. And there was an amazing tweet thread last night by a guy who's like, I've crossed over to the Dems, even though I am a cattle ranching, like red state guy. Mm-hmm. And he said, you cannot go anywhere in red state country without Fox News being on. Yeah. It's everywhere. They own it. They own every, everywhere. All the airwaves. And MSNBC is not like that. MSNBC is not everywhere. I'm shocked to hear that MSNBC is crushing CNN because in the world that I moved through, CNN is on in lots of it's places. It's in all of the airports. It's all the it's airports. In, it's, in a lot, it's in a lot of bars. I, I can tell you that bars. I have traveled. Uh, in and around the country and outside of the country, and MSNBC is not in every hotel. No, it's not. It's no. definitely not in every it's space. Not. But Fox News is. Fox News is everywhere, and their mindset is everywhere, and they are seeding the public with lies and misinformation and a perspective that has no relationship to reality. None. And this is one of the major problems with modern America that mm-hmm. there's. So many people, a significant portion of the population is being disinformed, not even misinformed, but disinformed by Fox News. And CNN and MSNBC are not doing anything close to the same. And I I analogize it like this to say MSNBC, CNN and Fox is like saying the L.A. Lakers, the Golden State Warriors and the Harlem Globetrotters. Mm hmm. And one is not playing real basketball. And I apologize to the Globetrotters for... Because it is entertaining. Really, it's very, very entertaining. I had an amazing time going to see them with my family when I was about 10 years old. It was amazing. But that's not real basketball. Those guys could play professional basketball. They are excellent players, but they are choosing to do a sport, an, an entertainment, a game, a circus. Mm-hmm. And that is what... Fox is doing as opposed to what MSNBC and CNN are doing. And this is at the core of the problem of our politics. What makes me really scared consistently about Fox News and what they do is that to me, 
it is a reminder back in the USSR in mm. China at some form where they would blast from the loudspeakers wherever you are in a town square or whatever, whatever the state needed you to know, whatever, mm -hmm. you know, you were being inundated. It was only the state radio. It's only state television. There is nothing else. That's how you and they shut down the Internet and they shut down the Internet and they close you out from the truth. I mean, but. Isn't that what's happening now when we had net neutrality go down the toilet? Like, isn't that the seeping in of far right propaganda is that then you have to pay to get the information that you want, right? Fast track to you. And otherwise, if you're at a gas station, if you're at a Golden Corral, if you are at a bar, if you're at the airport, it's just Fox News. Mm. That It's the same scenario. It's the same thing that you were able to do in USSR and you were able to do in China and other communist places and dictatorships. It's happening here, right? It's just happening slower so people don't realize that it's happening. It's kind of like Kim Kardashian's face, right? It's completely changed from the 10 years ago when they started keeping up with the Kardashians. Wow. But the work has been so subtle wow. that by the time you get there, you're like, God, she looks amazing. And you're like, no, she's a completely different person. You know, That's our American democracy. I, it's funny because I interviewed her once. This is about 15 years ago. Oh, so she had the old face. When I was at BET. Yeah. And I asked her, what? If anything, do you not like about your body that you'd like to change? And she said, I want to change my nose. And I was like, wow, well, it can't be a fake nose if you're saying you want to change it. And I was completely souped of like, wow, she just like natural beauty. Like, oh, my God. And like, she looks totally different than her sisters. She's like natural beauty. Wow. Anyway. Derek. Anyway. Wow. She's a lovely woman. Anyway. I, you know, I didn't say that she wasn't. What I said was. You do subtle work, you don't notice it's happening. And that's what the but right has been able to do. You always like do work and then you disappear. She never disappears. Doesn't she? You From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now, wherever you get your podcasts. Be 
be everywhere and nowhere at the same time because that's how good you are at at infiltrating media. That's how good you are at owning social media. That's, you know, that's what I'm hearing. It's democracy-ish. This is the ish part. Now, the ish part (laughs) also comes in because your man, uh, Trump, is talking about skipping the debates. He did his typical thing of, like, floating the idea, and then in a few months he will say, like, I'm skipping the debates. It's unfair. Mm -hmm. Now, at first, a lot of people on the left were like, yeah, look here, more unfairness. And I was like, well, wait a minute. Do the debates matter? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a moment when the country comes together in gigantic numbers to watch. But it becomes theater. How Mm -hmm. do these people act? How do they talk? How do they look? Do they look nervous? Was there a moment when they had a twitch or something or their voice went up? This is no relationship to actual governance or and if you are prepared to be governor and president and if you are prepared and if you have good ideas that we want to hear, it's not about that. It's about theater. And if we were to skip the debates, it might actually be valuable for the citizens to not have that theater clouding their decision about how somebody did in the debates. And we might have to focus a little bit more on what are their policy proposals when they're alone and they can express them. Because at no time during the presidency does someone run in and say, what do you want to do about China 90 seconds ago? That that will never, ever happen. You have the time that you want to express. It's mm-hmm. an open book test. You can have uh, advisors come in and talk to you about what we should do and think. Of, I mean, like, obviously, there are moments when you have to make a quick decision. Right. But everything in the debates is like a game show. And like if we de-game showify the presidential contest, that would be good for the voters. Well, yes, but I think that then you would have to go further than just getting rid of the debates. I will say this as it pertains to Trump the whoever, if it's Warren, if it's Biden, if it's Sanders, I think that America needs to see the staunch differences, right? Like I felt, and unfortunately it didn't end up being effective because of Russia's interference in our election, but the difference between listening to Hillary Clinton on the debate stage and Donald Trump, the imagery of him physically stalking her Mm. on the stage, Mm. those things to me mattered, right? And if Russia had not infiltrated the election and the presidential was decided based on the number of people voting for you, as opposed to the electoral college, then I think that that would indeed have mattered, right? That imagery of looking at this woman who is so calm, collected, articulate, smart, with ideas and then this bobo the fool mm. who is like I stumbling boo boo bobo but he would say whatever you know it's Let like to me- it's like here here is what i say tomato tomato asshole that's how <laughs> that's how like i you know i would work on that but i think for 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 average people to be able to see those stark differences i think matter if you know we all saw things the being stark, equal we saw the stark differences. if our elections were protected then i think that it would matter more but i just I do think that debates matter. And I and I want to. But what I will say, I will say this. This is my only caveat. If the Democratic candidate is Joe Biden, that debate between Joe Biden and Donald Trump will be the most excruciating thing I think any of us have ever watched. (laughs) Like, I think that that I mean, I I can't I can't think of a pop culture reference of like the worst movie ever and just like watching that on loop for the rest of your life. But it will be something like that. I've been railing lately on Twitter against this constant idea that comes up of like, 
just vote for whoever is blue. Yeah, vote blue, no matter who. We are in a primary. This mm-hmm. is when we talk about who it's going to be. Right. Stop trying to silence the discussion about who it should be by saying, just vote blue whoever it is. Oh, okay, but can I have a say in who that is? If you want to just throw up your hands and say, I'll vote blue whoever it is, cool. You go sit in the corner while me and those who care about who it is Mm -hmm. hash out who it's going to be because I would strongly prefer it being somebody on the real left, somebody Mm -hmm. from the Democratic wing of the Democratic Party, like Elizabeth Warren Mm -hmm. or Bernie Sanders, rather than Joe Biden. And the little guy, I don't really even give him a real chance. So, I mean, (laughs) I I don't want to throw... and I Mayo Pete? What are they calling Mayo Pete. What do the kids call him? Mayo Pete. Mayo Pete or Aoli Pete? I find it to be a silencing mechanism of, like, don't fight. Right. Just accept Joe and move on. He's better than the guy who puts kids in cages. And, yeah, he is, but... This is December of 2019. Not one vote has been cast. Not one caucus has been caucused. Can we have a robust discussion now? I think that Democrats are really concerned with having a long, drawn-out process like 2016. And for a lot of Democrats, I think that the conversation around really debating different candidates is giving Republicans an in. They're like, they're going to use that messaging against us. They're going to use everything against us. So once again, it's not moving through a process that helps to inform you. You're just moving through a process in a way that you are showing that you're terrified of the other side and what the other side would do. And I think that is constantly to Democrats' detriment is that we are a very reactive body. Mm -hmm. We are a very reactive uh, community as opposed to, and very much steeped in fear, as opposed to doing things that we need to do for us and putting up the best candidate possible. I think that there's just, we constantly are operating from a place of fear. What will Republicans do with the information that we put out into the universe? And I'm like, so their their reaction to that is everybody just needs to be quiet. Right. Everybody just needs to as vote with, Trump, with who's most popular and as, keep it moving. As if Trump won't be able to figure out things to say about Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders or Joe Biden without us telling him what to say. Right. I mean, I don't know. Where was this plea to party unity when Hillary's group was talking about Pumas and when Bernie's group was talking about uh, in 16, when Bernie's group was talking about taking their ball and going home. Now, Mm -hmm. to their point, nine out of 10 Bernie voters did go home and vote for Hillary. Mm -hmm. Right. But I mean, there was quite a period when they were frothy and angry at the convention. Saying like, you know, stop, remember, stop her. Mm-hmm. Remember the, you know, together oh, forever and facing to stop her. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, I, I find it just to be like the moderates and those who are just afraid of Trump and wanting nothing else. Just trying to say, shut up, progressives, and let's just go with the easy moderate. As if Joe Biden is a guaranteed victory, but Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders are risky, so we can't risk it. So just go with the obvious one. Like, no, I don't think Joe Biden is the obvious guaranteed winner at all. And wasn't Donald Trump the fucking risky choice for Republicans? Come on. But somehow they all ended up getting back behind this buffoon? Because so, they loved him. So I'm Why like, can't we have a candidate we love? Do you know what? 
I guarantee you that ain't not one person love Donald Trump, not even Melania and not even his goddamn kids. What they love is his money and they love his power. Well, That's what these people no. love. Well, I think there's a 30 to 35 percent of the electorate that truly loves Trump and finds him to be the candidate they've been dreaming of, the alpha male who gives a middle finger to the system. I mean, they're dealing with a fictional Trump, right? But they love Donald Trump. Yeah, because that part of the electorate is also very undereducated and incredibly racist. And if they're highly educated, they're also very racist. You know, and and that's something that we're never going to get around in this country, Mm -hmm. is that that number is going to stay that number. Those people don't die off. They keep multiplying and having more fucking kids. Um, So they're not going to go anywhere. But, like, we need to stop pleading to that, like, 30% of the population and speaking to them. And Democrats really need to stop being so chicken shit and stop being so afraid because... I keep saying this on Twitter over and over again. When you have a party, a clan, a cult that has gone so far right, mediocrity in terms of moderation is not what's going to get us Mm. back to where we need to be. It isn't. And so either (laughs) either you go far left in order to bring us back right or you don't go at all. This is our last show of this year, of this decade even. Oh, my God. That was so... Final. So final. But okay. we're going to be back next year. Yeah, of course. Well, in the, yeah, if, sure, if there's, if there's if, a country. If there's still a country. You're right. Go ahead. <laughs> so I want to play a game that you brought up last episode. <laughs> yes, I did. And so now our producer, Andrew, has helped facilitate the game. Yes. We both have 11 quotes mm-hmm. that were said by either Biden or Trump. <laughs> Andrew has the answers, and, and we Andrew do not. And Andrew alone has the answers. We do not. And we are going to try to discern who said these things, Biden or Trump. Should we should we work together, or should we be against each other? I feel like we should be against each other, working <laughs> together. What kind of America is that? <laughs> well, I thought it was going to be more of a Democratic Party, but oh, okay, okay, okay. Oh, that's so cute. All right, no. we, all, right, all right, so it's like a game show. It's a game show. Like Family Feud. Yeah. We're competing to I'll see. I'll keep score. Andrew's yes. going to keep score okay, to good. see who gets more of these. All right, so you can we'll read the t- first we'll, one. We'll take turns in reading. Okay. The war is total disaster. It's a catastrophe. Nothing less. It is such a shame that this took place, and Saddam Hussein, whether they like him or didn't like him, he hated terrorists. He'd shoot and kill terrorists. Who said it? Um, because it's so grammatically incorrect and so awful, I'm going to take the first stab and say that this is Trump. Yeah, you were right to not add the article in the first one. The <laughs> war is total disaster. Yeah. That, but it doesn't seem to me to be Trumpian logic, like the anti-logic that he has and mm-hmm. like the broken sentences that like. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now, wherever you get your podcasts.
Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues, your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Uh, uh, but then he says Saddam Hussein would shoot and kill terrorists. Correct. Which, which is totally false. Which is so. false. And it's that Trumpian vision of violence. And all right, I'm going to guess Trump also. Okay, so we both did Trump. You're both right. It's Evil This one's Donald Trump. Okay. All right. One. But it was hard. That was difficult. It was hard. They get harder. Which no. is problematic. I think I probably have a much higher IQ than you do. I suspect I'd be delighted to sit down and compare my IQ to yours if you'd like, Frank. <laughs> that's freaking Biden. That's Biden. Yep, that's Biden. Okay, all right. We're two for two. Oh, man. You got the third okay. one. Okay. I'm not sorry for anything that I've ever done. I have never been disrespectful intentionally to a man or a woman. I'm going Biden. Yeah, I think that's Biden. It's too well-constructed a sentence to be Trump. You guys are doing pretty well. This one's Joe Biden. (laughs) All right, three for three. Okay. I think the regulations are very tough, but I think they could be made tougher. And where they really have to be made tougher is when somebody is proven to be dishonest. Not a mistake. Not an honest mistake. Because, look, people make bad business deals all the time. When somebody is proven to be dishonest, really harsh punishment has to take place. That sounds like Trump. Hmm. But Biden often talks about honesty and being dishonest. And he's talking about good people. I'm going to go. So you say Trump. Mm. I'm going Biden. Ooh. This one's Trump. Damn. Bleeding now. See, bad business deals. All right. That's what he's... All right, you're next. Okay. What I'm trying to do is go around from town to town, and I'm drawing as big of crowds, bigger than anybody. Have you seen anybody draw bigger crowds than me here in this state? Trump. It's Trump. This one's Joe Biden. Oh, wow. Oh, shit. Our first mistake. Our first mistake. All right. All right. That's terrifying. Quote, that sounded so Trump. That Who cares so about Trump. bigger crowds? Working out detailed plans will take time, but the goal should be clear. Our people are our greatest asset. We must take care of our own. We must have universal health care. That's got to be Joe. Got to be Joe. You'd think so. <gasps> no. But in 2000, these words came from Donald J. Trump. Whoa. Whoa. Andrew providing the mind melt. Wow. All right. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. I'm not joking. Wow. This is horrifying. Um, <laughs> I'm going to say Donald Trump. Please let it be Donald Trump. Please. Well, please let it be Trump that said that. Well. Please. You know, I feel like if Trump had said this, it would have been louder news among the lefty tweeps. And I have not seen this before. And I don't even think that Trump has set foot in a 7-Eleven or Dunkin' Donuts in 40 years or something. So I'm going to go with Joe. 
This one's Biden. Oh, yes! my God. Oh, my but God. That was a tough one. I'm beating you by two. And there's only yeah, because four to I go. apparently have more faith in Joe Biden. <laughs> you started keeping score when you started winning. I, he totally <laughs> no, did. I didn't. No, I noticed the first one. It's, it's, it's true. All right. Go ahead. No, it's you. I promise you the president has a big stick. I promise you. I'm saying Trump. I think that's Joe. Oh, dear God. That one's Joe, too. Yes! Oh, my God. I'm crushing you. But this is hard. And this is horrible. <laughs> This is why I know this game was my idea, but now I wish I never thought of it. <laughs> this is making... you, you could not do Elizabeth Warren or Trump. You would know right away. Yeah, because it'd you be could... full sentences. Full sentences. And it'd sound like a professor. You couldn't do Bernie versus Trump. All right, you have the. We have three more. Okay. The working guy would elect me. He likes me. When I walk down the street, those cabbies start yelling out their windows. That's Biden. I think that that's Trump. Are there lots of cabbies in Delaware? <laughs> I'm surprised you think that's Biden because that was Trump. Oh. <laughs> yes. All right, I'm leading by two, and there's two to go. So you have All to, right. You I'm have to sweep the table. It up. You I'm have to, I'm to run the table just the to table. tie. All right. Um, no, you go. All right. I'd rather be at home making love to my wife while my children are asleep. What? It's gotta be Joe. Who says that out loud? <laughs> it's gotta be Joe. Can't be Trump. I'd rather be at home making love. Oh him. yeah, that's true. This is Joe Biden. It is Joe Biden. It's yeah. gotta be Joe. Because Trump's wife. Won't Trump touch only him. pays for sex. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm trying to say, without boring you too long at breakfast, has got to be Joe. Because Trump would never care about whether or not he's boring <laughs> the audience. And you all look dull as hell, I might add. The dullest audience I have ever spoken to. Just sitting there staring at me. Pretend you like me. Gotta be Joe. This is Trump. Ooh, we disagree I believe on the last this one. is either Trump or it's um Jeb Bush. Pretend to like me. But that's so <laughs> Jeb Bush. Pretend <laughs> to like me. A twist. <laughs> Help me. Please clap. Please clap. No, this one is Joe Biden. Oh, he crushed you. Ah, oh, slam dunk. So, how depressing is this game? I know. You there was it a little. Home. There was little daylight. There was a lot of daylight. There were a lot of. T- Look, these are both sundowning me- old you use men. The sundowning, isn't that <laughs> what they say men? if you have dementia? Yes, that's what we're talking oh, about. Oh, okay. Who still feel very alpha? Who are not in total command of the language? I don't listen to Joe and think like. Oh, here's a guy who's fully in control of his mind. Just as I'm like, Trump, I saw a great tweet. I think I mentioned it the other day. If your 74-year-old dad argued with everybody, believed nothing that was true, and watched Fox all day, would you want him in the Oval Office or in a home? You'd want him in a home. You would have committed him <laughs> to a home. He'd be watching already. Fox News like with the group gathering in yes, the home. It's with the wheelchair boys. I mean... I don't see either of them. And it's not... I don't mean to be ageist because when i listen to bernie yeah different 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 planet, different energy who is different energy he is sharply in control of his mind he's one of those people who's getting smarter as he gets older yeah. whereas joe i feel like he's just one more day away from like oh i'm sorry you want to take your 6 p.m nap now i really don't think that it's ageist to say, i mean all you have to do is pay attention and listen to how they are not in command of the English language anymore, how they are just sputtering. It's, they're both really sputtering, sputtering out. And 
you and know, you have one that has a total incomplete apparatus that has been put in place to prop him up like a puppet. Hmm. And that is Donald Trump. And then you have Biden on the other side where many of us are like, dude, sit down. Like your time is passed. Like you should have been the one that was cheerleading these other people along and deciding, you know, who you were going to endorse as opposed to being on the ticket yourself. You know, the olds prefer Joe. Mm-hmm. The youngs under 45 prefer uh, Sanders and Warren. Mm-hmm. Joe gets more support from the youngs than they do from the olds. But Sanders's community, their number two choice is Warren. Yes. Warren's community, their number two choice is Bernie. Yep. Right? Joe does not have that. They are each other's biggest problem. Mm-hmm. They are, can't, they're canceling each other they're out. They're canceling each other out. There's not enough progressives to support two beloved progressives at the same time. And one of them is going to have to fall away or... Joe will be able to take it. He's got the moderate lane all to himself unless somehow Pete gets so big that Joe has a real challenger in the moderate avenue. What about the billionaire outlier? Which one? Bloomberg. Or Steyer. Bloomberg is the one that is gaining in the that is gaining in the polls cuz he's buying them. I swear Bloomberg will be in double digits after the debate. He's not going to be on the debate stage. He's not. No. No. He's not on the debate stage. Um, he wasn't able to qualify. Now, he had, of course, he met his, quote-unquote, fundraising goals. Of course he did. Right. When I have to fundraise in my own piggy bank. <laughs> um, but he did not meet the polling numbers. So he won't be there, but he's going to blank—what he will do is he's going to blanket those airwaves right. of the network that it's going to be on. He should. Because he can. But I worry about him being the outlier because he's doing a lot of attack ads right now hammering Trump, just going after him. And what America loves more than celebrity is what? Wealth. So I I worry about him being the outlier. The right is more taken with wealth and worshiping the alpha than the left is. Hmm. So, you know, if a Bloomberg-like candidate on the right would go further than I think they would on the left. We don't... We hmm. lionize and idolize intelligence. We like a big heart. You know, you're a Rhodes Scholar. We fall in love. Yeah. You know, you're a billionaire. We're like... We don't know, trust you. What, yeah, what else you got? You know, not like on the right. You're a, you're a billionaire. You're a multimillionaire. They're like, oh, my God. Well, you, you must be smart. Which, to which I'm like, you know, Trump proves you can become a multimillionaire and not be smart. Correct. Yeah, I mean, that's, he's made a lot of things, so. But, I mean, you know, if his father hadn't given him, was it 400 or 700 million? I don't know. he would not be a multimillionaire. No, he would be riding in a pickup truck with a Confederate flag (laughs) stuck on the back, you know, pouring out to the women in town and, you know, buying hookers at the strip club. That's what he'd be doing. In Queens. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. What an embarrassment. It really is. It really is. And to think about other leaders from other countries laughing at our guy, to think of people and people, average citizens in other countries laughing at our guy. I used to look at other countries and say, how did you How did elect you elect that? That. Yeah. Orangutan. And then you see, oh. Oh, that's how, how it happens. happens. Yeah. So here we are. 
just days away mm. from the calendar flipping to mm. 2020. Thank God. When things start to get real. Oh. I can't wait. And we will figure it out together. We're all we have, Torre. So <laughs> that's... Thank That's you right. for listening to Democracy Ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody Mills. We'll, we will be back next year. Next year. If there's still, still a, a country. country. Happy holidays. Pray for it. <laughs> <laughs> Yay, Holy Black Jesus. God. Pray, pray about it. Pray about it. You better go in front of that nativity scene. Pray to Black Jesus. Because <laughs> That's all you got. What a disaster. <laughs>